cover story. Cover a story or attain that coveted story. Get it? That is exactly what you want. Quoted as the expert, the story, headline, the spin. Every week, join us to talk about all things important to relating to the public. Your public. Craft your image, promote your products, create expert status, become the buzz. Join us with the pros. PR 101, crisis management, media blitzing, it's all here on Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Brandy Shapiro-Babin, and today we have a very important radio show for you. We are actually going to be going into a more in-depth conversation regarding a survey that was put together by Factiva Dow Jones and the Public Relations Society of America. Uh, And that survey is entitled Wired for Change. Professionals and students believe new media presents significant credibility and ethics challenges, according to Dow Jones PRSA study. There's a lot of information here, and uh, we have joining with us today Alan Scott, who is a Senior Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer for Dow Jones and Company Enterprise Media Group, and uh, his entire career, we can just call him the information man, um, has been spent in information, and that's what information is power. So we're very excited to welcome Alan. Welcome, Alan. Thanks, Brandy. Great to be here. I'm so happy to have you. And, of course, uh, my friend, Rhoda Weiss, who is the chair and chief executive officer for the Public Relations Society of America. And for those of you that do not know, um, she is one of the world's leaders in the health care industry and uh, has a heart of gold. Welcome, Rhoda. Thanks so much, Brandy. It's great to be with you. This is terrific. So let's first talk about the survey itself and some of the findings. Alan, did you want to discuss that? Sure, and I'm going to go through the the boring part and just tell you that it was an online survey that we uh, sent out to a random sampling of um, both students and professionals that are part of the PRSA or PRSSA. And uh, there were 482 respondents on the professional side, 367 on the student side. On the professional side, um, more than half of them had 10 years or more of experience and that more than 80% of them have uh, responsibilities for public relations across their entire organization. And on the student side, um, 73% have uh, uh, work-related experience. So uh, really good um, sample size and sample. And the uh, margins uh, for error are about 4.4%, plus or minus. And um, there were some really interesting uh, results that we got. Some of the key findings, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time going through all the detail because mm-hmm. uh, you can get the webinar to, to get that. But, and, and, and let me interrupt you. Let's give, you can go over to factiva.com forward slash PRSA survey, or you can go to the media room at the Public Relations Society of America, and that's the P- PRSA.org, and go into their media room and get a webcast. That terrific. Thanks, Brandy. Here you go. <laughs> um, so some of the key findings. Um, nearly all students, about 97%, and professionals, about 95%, agreed that technology has positively impacted the public relations practice. Um, according to the survey, professionals and students believe that online news, online video, and personal digital assistance have had the most significant impact on how public relations professionals do their jobs. Professionals also cited podcasting, while students ranked professional networking websites uh, very highly. So that was one very interesting finding. It's nearly unanimous that um, 
uh, technology made that makes the job easier. Mm-hmm. So that was number one. Num- number two is um, both groups believe that the technology-driven channels that provide the best opportunities for the practice of public relations are online news websites, blogs, and social networking sites. Uh, students are a bit more optimistic uh, than the professionals about the potential usefulness of social and professional networking sites. Which is okay, but let's let, let's let's delve into that a little bit, if if we would. Let's talk about the difference between, um, if, if you if you guys don't mind, the difference between the professionals versus the students in regard to this. And let's talk a little bit about the difference between an authoritative news site, which would be obviously someone like the Dow Jones, which would be Wall Street Journal. Market Watch, these are credible authoritative sites versus maybe new sites that are now popping up that are unauthoritative. I think what's happening with all of these sources is that when you look at what people are doing in public relations, it's going to become rarer and rarer for any organization to do any major public relations or integrated communications plan anymore without including both the traditional and the non-traditional sites, without including blogs and wikis and podcasts and user-generated videos and without looking at specialized searches. What we're finding, whether it be traditional, non-traditional, I think people are definitely using both. And every corporation is, is trying to look at all of this multiple media. Is that by using this multiple media and using traditional, non-traditional, it's making it easier to circulate information, easier to move more quickly, easier to reach a broader audience, easier to personalize messages and segment messages, which we cannot do necessarily with traditional media, although many traditional media um, also have a non-traditional arm, and easier to monitor messaging. So in this whole um, cornucopia of um, multiple messages, the the key for us is how do we reach um, those we're trying to reach with both traditional and non-traditional media. So I think everyone's looking at using both and pretty much using both and trying to uh, figure out uh, how to do it, when to do it, and what to believe and not to believe. That's And you know what? And we'll delve into that deeper. I think that's a perfect setup. And you know what, Alan? I shan't interrupt you again. We'll get through the findings and then we'll delve deeper. No, that's fine. And I, if you don't mind, I'd like just to put a, a couple of comments around what Rhoda said because mm-hmm. she's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. The interesting aspect of it is that technology has made it very easy for anyone to become a publisher and to make a comment on your organization, your product, your brands, your executives, uh, or, or whatever it is that you're a public relations professional uh, working on. And it, it's not whether or not to deal with them. It's how you will deal with them because you must deal with them. You n- must pay attention to what's happening, and you must understand what people are saying about you, and you must be able to influence people that are influential. So it really comes down to... Um, the barriers are easier for people to become uh, publishers, Absolutely. if you will, be able to, to create a, uh, a statement or a platform to talk to people, and it's, they can do it almost in, uh, anonymously. So what it really comes down to is the technologies and tools that are becoming available to help uh, public relations professionals to monitor what's happening, and that's, there's some very, very exciting things happening there. I think what we're seeing then is organizations are really communicating with and through bloggers, for example, as we would any interactive media. We're monitoring content. We're looking for buzz. We're looking for reactive communications. Um, we want to make sure that, you know, we develop these relations with, with bloggers and other groups. But then we have to figure out 
you know, we have these tough questions every single day. How do we deliver messages in this fragmented media world where every day there's new information channels? Look at the Tylenol uh, crisis of 25 years ago. There were three or four TV stations. You could take your time because you knew you had a day. Now you have, as Alan said, these citizen journalists. All of us are citizen journalists. Mm-hmm. Anyone with a video cell phone can take a picture of anything. So now the news cycle is immediate. Reaction has to be immediate. We can't have wait for our attorneys or anyone else to tell us what to do. We have to be first and fast and factual and forthcoming. So we're really on, public relations professionals are basically on call 24-7 looking at uh, um, how do we integrate uh, the social media into our campaigns, monitoring it, and doing everything else. So it's become a very challenging yet really exciting time to be in this profession. Well, so let me, and, and let, me, let me actually ask you another question. So when it comes to, and you hit on a very important point, when it comes to crisis management and take the mm-hmm. Tylenol crisis 25 years ago, you had, I think there were two key differences. One was you had a day to get your lawyers and get all of your key players in place to create that spin um, and that barrier between and that protection between you and the consumer. And in today's society, because everything is almost so immediate, um, you don't have um, an ability to catch that spin and spin it the way that you want. We're finding in a positive way that there's a lot of transparency and that people are a lot more forthright with what's happening and they're actually enrolling their consumers into helping them fix their problem which seems to be a, a very positive trend. But how do, you, how do you think public relations practitioners in the future are going to be able to handle um, the slanderous type things, the things that are out there that, you know, um, the citizen publishers that are out there spinning things for you that are so completely untrue, but it's, you know, the giant, you know, it's, uh, you know, Davy versus Goliath. But Davy now has a huge voice in comparison to Goliath at times. I think you're seeing some dramatic changes as who is the spokesperson out there. In both cases of JetBlue and Taco Bell, the CEO has become the spokesperson. The CEO has become the person that's going to be out there. Part of the challenge, too, as you mentioned, Brandy, is how do you... um, The whole issue of credibility that came out in this research did say that public relations professionals and students believe in technology or using technology, but the question of ethics and research are the most difficult questions and the ones you're asking. Um, How do our own professional ethical standards translate into the world of social media? Um, And how do we do a strategy with this news cycle? How do we handle the contradictions of the blogosphere, which people believe but few trust? And it's a matter of monitoring um, and trying to respond as much as possible. And you are right. This is customer-centric. We don't own the brand anymore. The brand is owned by the citizens and the consumers. And so more and more consumers are helping us develop campaigns. Uh, they're becoming part of our advisory boards. And so we need uh, the help of not only of our major stake, not only our own employees, but our major stakeholders, our shareholders, and everyone have become part of every business in America, and if not the world. Okay, interesting. And you also, you, you know, you brought up the, the subject of blogs, okay, which, which I have my own personal opinion on, and I, I shall keep my mouth shut. However, um, <laughs> but um, why do you guys, or, or why, why do you think that blogs present the best opportunity for public relations professionals? Uh, I think that blogs probably give companies this incredible insight into the diverse and changing viewpoints among our customers, our stakeholders, our constituents. In the past, we relied mostly on very infrequent research to learn what people were thinking. Mm -hmm. And today we can track 
uh, change in opinions second by second, minute by minute. Mm-hmm. The real task is to establish what kind of means by which that public di- dialogue can be monitored, can be evaluated and dealt with. Luckily, there's some very good technology that has appeared in the last couple of years to help us um, track the blog dialogue. The biggest challenge we have sometimes is that etiquette for responding to blogs <laughs> right. is emerging slowly, primarily by trial and error through the mistakes made by all of us and who might have been less than straightforward about dealing with the blogosphere. Uh, we call that netiquette. inappropriate blog behavior are being punished mm-hmm. by Internet condemnation, but there's no rule book for blog behavior, and we're learning as we go. And finally, it shouldn't be surprising because the whole cultural etiquette that has ruled our traditional social interactions has merged over many, many years as well. This is very true. Well, it's interesting. I mean, just, just to, to dovetail mm-hmm. on those comments, um, one of the things that I think is most exciting about blogs and other kinds of um, sites that are blog-like, so you know, discussion boards and various things of mm-hmm. that nature, is that you get the unvarnished opinions of people. Um, as Rhoda mentioned, uh, we, you know, we often did infrequent surveys to get responses, but typically those surveys are, here's a question, give me an answer. And when presented that, uh, with that kind of a scenario, most people will answer the question, but they won't tell you, well, that's the question I just answered, but it's the wrong question. What I really think is this. And the beauty of some of the, the being able to harness and use some of the tools that are out there to understand what's happening on discussion boards and blogs is you, there's no question that's being answered. They're sp- simply speaking. And it's a great way to get really true insights into what your target markets are looking for. Um, so that, that to me is very exciting. And I think it represents a great opportunity for public relations professionals to sort of change the role that they play to make them even more critical in understanding the marketplaces that they serve, both from a creating opportunities and understanding what the opportunities are out, there, are out there are, but also identifying the risks, and then working with other constituencies, uh, constituencies within their organizations, whether it be risk management or competitive analysis or product marketing, to take the findings that they get from this vast array of, of conversation taking place mm-hmm. and getting the insights to those people to either take advantage of an opportunity or avoid a threat. You know what? I, that's beautifully said. And I mean, you are the information man. Information's power. And there's a lot more information available now, especially, you know, and, and just restating what you said. And I think that's it's brilliantly stated and people should delve deeper into this, which is, you know, if you are looking to serve a certain marketplace, there are people who are actively talking about that marketplace, We're, what they want, what they like, what they don't like, why they like what they like. I mean, there, you know, it, it, it can, in a lot of cases, replace a lot of um, market research up front because sometimes when you're launching a new product, you're not always certain, as you said, what it is that you're, you know, what the right questions are. Well, now here's real people who are going to be using your product or service telling you what it is that they want. And that's the opportunity there, or, or I guess maybe sort of a, uh, the opportunity creates a problem on its own, and that is that the amount of information that for public relations professionals need to pay attention mm-hmm. to has just gone up exponentially uh, because well, of think about all these social networking sites, all the blogs, all the wikis, all the podcasting, and we can go on and on and on. The, the amount of information is massively bigger than it's been ever before. And that's, to me, one of the key reasons why in the survey the results say that overwhelmingly people saw these technologies as helpful 
uh, and helping them, public relations professionals, do their jobs better. Um, they don't really have a choice. The, the volumes are so big. And some of the new technologies that are coming on, um, that are coming online right now using analytics and text mining and various visualization technologies, um, you know, and, and full disclosure here, we have products and services in the Factiva Insight range that, that play there. But there are other alternatives as well. These tools allow you to, in effect, have machines read vast amounts of information and help you to, to pay attention to what the conversation is and where you should participate in that conversation and where the learnings are that you can bring back to your organization to help them be more effective and compete more effectively. Now, speaking again to you, Alan, because you know, when, it, when it comes to credible and authoritative um, you know, entities, the Dow Jones, I mean, is, is really the end-all, be-all. Do you have a set of criteria which would help public relations professionals um, and marketing people um, differentiate between credible sites, whether it be social networking, um, message boards, et cetera, podcasts versus, you know, what is credible versus what isn't credible for participation? It's a tough one. I have to say it's a tough one because I, I certainly understand the journalistic credentials and the journal, journalistic processes that are employed by my employer, um, Dow Jones and Company. I mean, we've got the Wall Street Journal and Barron's and Market Watch that have very strict editorial policies. Um, but on the other hand, there's no barriers to entry for anyone to, to, to start blogging. And candidly, there's a whole lot of excellent bloggers out there that may not be part of a, a, a formal organization, mm -hmm. but are excellent journalists. So it's very difficult to, to pay attention and, and be able to say what is credible and what is not. And, and you know, there have been some press situations where you have the, quote, um, you know, editorially sound press making mistakes as well. So it's oh. very difficult to pay attention to. My question would be, do you have to pay attention to that or should you pay attention to that? If they're talking about you and it's viewable by the public, should you not be aware of it, regardless of it, whether it is, quote, credible or, quote, uncredible? Well, abs I mean, I would think so. What do you think, Rhoda? I think you need to be aware. Um, what many of us do is go, on, is go on Google search and put some words in, and while we make it read about other organizations we might not want to read about, we're going to be able to see. I think you do have to really monitor um, I do not know any major corporation or nonprofit organizations that, that aren't at least doing something simple like Google search. You need to know what people are saying because if you don't listen, then you're going to end up in Dell Hell. And Dell Hell was when the, some blogger, as we know, you know, had their computer burned up, uh, took pictures right. of it, and Dell said, we don't need to pay attention. There is case study, and look what happened there. Actually, they have a good relationship with that blogger right now. Uh, while we may not need to, you know, think we need to respond to everything, we need to know what's being said about us because one statement can reach a zillion people. You, you know, you think about it every day. We hear or see 50 to 60,000 sounds, 50 to 60 catch your eye. We'll remember six or seven. Uh -huh. There has never been more messages and more information, more platforms reaching us with all this clutter that we're, that's crushing under the weight of our uh -huh. own messaging. But it gets back to you got to know what people are saying about you because if you don't respond in some way sometime, then, um, then it may build and build and build and it, uh, it could be too late for some organizations. So you need to pay attention. Um, and as Ellen said, the tools for paying attention are there and are growing and more sophisticated. It also is 
as you said earlier, Brandy, great ways of doing research. We're learning information. One thing the technology has not changed, though, is really some foundational principles about public dialogue and behavior. Because no matter how much, whatever technology you have, it's really about honesty and transparency. And those are the foundational principles of every public relations program mm-hmm. and every public relations professional. They're the standards that are the elements of our PRSA code of ethics. And there really are essential human elements that that really involve all human at interaction, whether it's new, te- whatever new technology may emerge. So we need to really be conscious because if we don't pay attention, sometime it may blow up in our face, and we we too will have Dell hell. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, Dell. If I uh, I'm, I'm trying to um, quote this properly, but I mean, Dell did probably one of the fastest turnarounds on computer recalls ever, and you know they they ended up actually looking like. Um, the good guy, thankfully, and and their crisis management was handled well. But I mean, I think that's a perfect example of um, new media and um, uncharted territory resulting in a massive company turning on a dime because of one person's post. It happens all the time. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And uh, one person's post can be uh, millions of people reading it if we don't pay attention. That's it, it, a hundred percent right. Words from the wise. And speaking of words from the wise, um, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back with this very important edition of Cover Story. Stick around. Cover Story. We'll be back after this short break. For the last decade, millions of visitors seeking top ranking have visited their site. When it comes to the internet marketing expertise, one name clearly stands above the rest. Bruce Clay Incorporated. With a flexible, time-tested, and spam-free process to SEO and PPC, Bruce Clay has become the number one choice for companies of all kinds seeking to improve their search engine ranking, utilize their latest tools, training, consulting, and services. Let Bruce Clay create a tailored solution to meet your internet marketing needs today. Bruce Clay Incorporated. Once a tool used exclusively for communicating with the media, PR Web was the first company to develop a distribution strategy around direct-to-consumer communication by implementing Web 2.0 technologies. PR Web has completed the online communication loop by directly engaging your audience with your news. For example, PR Web is the first newswire to integrate press release trackback. Whether you want to dominate your market or just make a little noise, PR Web is here to help. You thrive in the marketplace and the media. PR Web. $6 million, $2.2 million, $4 billion, $6 million. Then just kicking ass with domain name. Monty, 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 Monty. Monty. Monty, 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 Monty. 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 And uh, what, what's, uh, what's been your highest domain name sale? How much money was it for? It was approximately $144,000. About one hundred fifty grand. That's correct. Okay, great. You have had eBay by rent.com and shopping.com for a combined $1.4 billion. Monty, 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 Monty. Monty. Monty, 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 Monty. Be the master of your domain. Literally, probably 90 days after buying it uh, for $80,000, Interbrew bought it for $7 million. We appraised the property and helped get it sold for $3.4 million. It was the most valuable asset that they had, $6 million or $10 million on a domain name. When we sold autos.com for $2.2 million, people thought it was nuts, too. <laughs> domain Masters, only on Webmaster Radio. Be the master of your domain.
Mr. Scott, I can't get any more information onto our website. I'm doing the best I can, Captain. There's no more room on the server. It's gonna blow. Evaluation, Mr. Spock. The logical answer is Lunar Pages. Reputation, reliability, and legendary 24-7 support makes Lunar Pages the host to cling on to. Did you say cling on? Aye, Captain. Sign up at LunarPages.com and get $700 off coffee cup software absolutely free. If you call, they will answer. Lunar Pages it is. Beam us aboard, Mr. Scott. For out-of-this-world web hosting, Lunar Rocks. Sign up for web hosting with LunarPages.com and use coupon code LUNATIX to get $28 off. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Hello, everyone. This is Brandy Shapiro-Babin. Welcome back. We are having an in-depth conversation into the survey that was partnered between Factiva um, and the Dow Jones and the Public Relations Society of America. It's Wired for Change, a survey of public relations professionals and students, attitudes, usage, and expectations in the new communication technology environment. And we have with us uh, Rhoda Weiss, who is chair and chief executive officer of the Public Relations Society of America, as well as Alan Scott, senior vice president and chief marketing officer of Dow Jones and Company Enterprise Media Group. Continuing this conversation. Welcome back, both of you. Thanks. <laughs> I want some. I want some. Come on. It's Wednesday. It's hump day. We need some extra energy, Rhoda. You're like the, the energy bunny. Well, it is great to be here. Thank you so much. <laughs> I mean, you've the laid. Funny. She is. She's like. I mean, I've never seen. I think this woman's done. You've laid down something like seven million miles on airplanes. That's correct. Okay. And, and some of them were yesterday. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, talking about a woman who has absolutely put herself on the map and is an inspiration to me. Uh, you are really amazing, Rhoda. Okay. Thank you so much. Um, all right, so kids, we were really we were delving into this. I mean, this is such an important survey because it really talks about where we are today as public relations professionals, and not even public relations professionals. I mean, this goes so much further past that because today you've got the melding between, you know, the marketing department, marketing communications, public relations. I, I mean, this spans you know the information. The survey spans so many categories. Um, you know, about today and, and tomorrow, where we've been and where we're going. Um, so let's get back into it. And I will let you lead, Alan, please. Uh, I thought this will be fun. So this will wake everyone up. I thought this was very amusing. So some of the, one of the questions that we asked was with regards to um, what are some of the biggest opportunities and challenges with regards to um, communications and media technologies. And what I found hilarious about this was uh, when we asked, um, uh, or when we got the answers and the results back, uh, blogs, social networking sites, and online news sites were the top three in slightly different order, challenges and opportunities. Right. <laughs> A little schizophrenic, but understandably. Yeah, that's right. Understandably. So let's talk about, right? Well, we just really, we really did just talk about that. Well, one of the one things that we haven't really talked about okay. very much, but I think is really interesting, is the social networking sites. Okay. And how the students found um, and gave a lot more credence to the social networking sites than the professionals did. And um, you know, they, they saw social networking sites as a meaningful way to create relationships with people 
uh, as students that the professionals didn't. And we didn't have enough data to really dig in much deeper, but it, it raises some interesting questions as to why that was seen that way. I mean, the easy answer would be, well, they use them more than we do, um, them being students, we being professionals. Um, but I'm not sure if that's true because I know that I personally am not a digital native. I grew up and started my career in in a time when there there really weren't very many PCs uh, or computers. Um, so I developed really? <laughs> personal relationships and didn't use things like network, networking sites because they didn't exist. Right. So the question becomes, is it that they are used to them, or is it because I grew up a different way and therefore don't see them as valuable because I don't use them and I didn't grow up with them? Oh, God, this sounds like old math versus new math. <laughs> exactly. I think it's both. I think there's no question that pe- everyone has a comfort level. When I was in Washington, D.C. yesterday, there were uh, students in the audience when I was speaking, and they're no different than my students at UCLA or the students where I'm going to school to get my Ph.D., is that that the, something like Facebook, i got to tell you, you know, the thing right now is if you want to email a student, be prepared for them not to open it very quickly. Facebook is in, MySpace is in, uh, even a PRSA, our students, and we are going to do it as well, are um, promoting their national conference, which is uh, the same time as ours in Philadelphia, October 20th through 23rd, and they're promoting it heavily through Facebook. They interact through Facebook and MySpace, um, and they're very comfortable, and they grew up with this. Um, and so they're using it. So I think it's both. I think it's a comfort level. But I think it's also a mistake for professionals not to pay great attention to Facebook and to pay the same attention to MySpace and all the YouTube. Uh, if you, you know, I did my video. I didn't get my question asked, but I did my video. I wanted one of those questions on the, um, for CNN. Uh, there, and what was great about the CNN program with uh, the YouTube questions for the uh, presidential campaign is that you had questions that typically journalists would not ask. Mm-hmm. So I think is more and more um, we're going to see people of all ages and all stages of their lives embracing social networking. I think that's the hottest thing going on right now in communications, in addition to all the technology tools and everything else. Social networking, that's a major topic of our international conference, the mm-hmm. whole issue of social networking. Our chair, Larry Weber, of the conference is one of the early pioneers, just finished a book on social networking. Um, Paul Gillen, who's uh, just wrote a book on the new influencers that was uh, reviewed in the Wall Street Journal uh, last week, uh, is speaking at the conference and talking about uh, how these new influencers and social networking are reaching people. I think it's, uh, there's nothing hotter right now than social networking in public relations, communications, and in life, probably. Yeah, no, I agree. Power to the people. I think that, like, the new theme... Um, in, in today's world is power to the people because, as Alan mentioned earlier, there is no barrier to entry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're living in this kind of complex digital universe mm-hmm. where the new media is turning our world inside out and upside down and affects mm-hmm. and expands how we communicate and all of us must quickly learn uh, how to target the medium and, and to meet the needs of our diverse marketplace. Because it's in out many there, ways, and it's, it's really challenges. We need to keep up every day and learn about those things. And I know through PRSA, we offer a number of professional development programs, webinars, teleseminars, in-person programs, anywhere, any way we can, um, education online, to learn about the, the new social networks that uh, we need to be part of. Excellent. 
Excellent, excellent. Um, and Alan, you were going to say? I was going to say that what's really interesting about the time that we're in with all the explosion of all the, uh, the various communications tools or, or, or vehicles is that um, in many ways it's so incredibly empowering and very much, as you stated, democratic, but it's also a bit, a bit messy. And that's part of the interesting aspects of it. And I think as public relations professionals, um, you know, there's a messy aspect to our handle, having to handle things in real time um, as it happens and not taking the 24 or 48 hours to get with the lawyers and get things perfect. Mm-hmm. But I think there's something really endearing to that. And I think that the marketplace is, responds incredibly well to the message, we're working on this, we recognize it's an issue, we don't have the solution yet, but trust that we're here trying to figure something out. Yeah, you know, and I've got and a I like whole that. new breed of influencers, and, and everyone is an influencer now. Every, every person on this planet can influence the lives of others, mm-hmm. and it's going beyond the tri- traditional media, it's going beyond political leaders, and we're witnessing this growth and power of the outrage industry, the empowered activists, as well as tech's ability to expose wrongdoing. It started with the CNN effect 15 years ago, and now it's uh, every moment, every second effect. I, I mean, I do, I, I agree with you. I think it's an exciting time. I think it's also a time that says to people, you know what, there, there's no barrier to entry. If you, if you have passion for something, whether you're a public relations practitioner or you're a lover of chili, you can go out and you, you, know, you now have a platform where you can make a name for yourself, where you can take whatever it is that you're passionate about and put it out there and enroll other people. And you know, exactly what Alan was saying from a, um, from a corporate standpoint, I think that um, people are a lot more tolerant today when you're, very, when you're up front with them. And you say, you know, we don't have a solution for this, but thank you for bringing this to our attention that we have a problem. Or, you know, what? We, we do realize that we have a problem and we're working on that. And you know what? If you do have any kind of um, loyalty to us, please give us your feedback. Give us some instructions because, you know, we're for you and by you. And that's how we're going to continue to grow and continue to gain market share. When you see blogs by Bill Marriott and other folks, you know that uh, people are trying to listen and trying to figure out what to do next. It's true. And you know what? We're, we're almost running out of time. And I'm going to ask you people, I'm putting you on the spot, if we can continue this. I, I think this is such a huge conversation. Um, I, I think it's a conversation that's uh, more important than just one radio show. And I think the, the information that we're discussing here is um, extremely important to people, to everybody. Like every single person that listens to our radio network, I think this is very um, important for them. So um, I'd like to take a commercial break, if we could, come back and do our last segment, and then ask you guys to come back and join us again. Can you do that? Sounds great. Good. Love Thank you. See, I love that. Putting people on the spot, they have to be polite and say yes. I love it. We'll be right back. Search engine is putting your servers into overdrive. It's webmasterradio.fm steering you into the winner's circle. Webmasterradio.fm, we're everywhere. 
A rose by any other name would still be the same. Move over, Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN-accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R.com. More than a name. Faster than a speeding bullet, it's the super way to pay. It's Fast Transact. Fast Transact is the safe, secure, and fast way to process credit cards, online checks, and gift cards. Find multiple payment gateway and merchant account options to keep your costs down and sales up, up, and away. You can build your business empire in a single bound, while Fast Transact fights the never-ending battle to keep payment processing safe and secure. Your quest for an e-commerce solution has found its final destination. Fly over to FastTransact.com today. Know how to get the best return on your advertising dollar? Clicksore.com. Yeah, ever since we began marketing with more precise content, target technology from Clicksore.com, we've seen a huge jump in visitors converting to buyers for just over one-third of a cent per view. To get over 300 categories, unlimited keywords and ad placement on over 100,000 sites, click on Clicksore.com today. That's Clicksore.com. Your bottom line will thank you. Clicksore.com. Delivers where it matters for you. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on Webmaster Radio.fm. Here's your host. Hello, everyone. We are rounding into our final segment, which I'm very sad about because we are having a very inspired conversation today regarding a partnership between Factiva, uh, which is a Dow Jones company, and the Public Relations Society of America partnered for a survey called Wired for Change, a survey of public relations professionals and students' attitudes, usage, and expectations in the new communication technology environment. And uh, we are so fortunate, for those of you who are just tuning in, which I can't imagine you're just tuning in now, um, but from... uh, an awesome standpoint, we have Rhoda Weiss, who is Chair and Chief Executive Officer of the Public Relations Society of America, and Alan Scott, who is Senior Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer for Dow Jones & Company Enterprise Media Group. Welcome back to the both of you. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> insert appropriate answer. That's exactly. <laughs> Actually, let me insert an appropriate way to kick off this segment. Okay. Um, the the, the Public Relations Society of America, PRSA members on the professional side have a bit of a confidence problem. Uh, one of the things that I, was another sort of somewhat amusing to, uh, stat to me is that uh, about 20% of the members felt that their organization were ahead in using new communications technologies, uh, but that says a full 80% thought that they were behind. Um, which I just thought was really interesting that uh, for people who are part of PRSA, they tend to be more progressive than non-members, and they, they don't see themselves as that progressive. Well, actually, I think they probably see for, uh, progressive. And for taking advantage I think of technologies. We repeated the survey because the survey was done early this year. If we repeat it later this year, I think you'll change. I think that our members are progressive. Sometimes it's convincing the organizations we work with to also be progressive. So it's that balance. I think we're we're working toward um, this new media and this whole transformation. You know, the whole defining characteristics of communications today is really transformation, evolution, trial and error. And even when you do find an answer, something changes. And 
so I think our members, all 32,000 students mm-hmm. and professional members, are anxious to get this going. It's working through the process with our organizations and convincing them. And I think if we repeat the survey later this year, you'll see those numbers jump exponentially. Yeah, I, I think I, my sense is if you benchmarked them, they'd be a lot farther ahead than they were, uh, than they think that they are. And then I think it's fundamentally for what you're saying. We are in a, try and a trial and error a mode, number one, and number two, things are changing just so incredibly rapidly mm-hmm. that as soon as you get something that works, something else is out there. So, uh, Well, it's all about education. I think education and awareness, and we're in an exciting timeline, time period right now. It's all about trailblazing. That's right. I mean, which is super exciting. Now, I also noticed that number four that people are really paying attention to, and something, of course, near and dear to my heart, is podcasting. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about podcasting, if we may. Podcasting is probably, of all this, among public relations professionals and communications professionals and probably marketing professionals as well, is probably the fastest growing area next to blogging on new uh, communications and new technology. Uh, most organizations, if you ask if you're doing podcasting, you'll find that most are doing some form of podcasting. It is a great way to reach people. It's a now way to reach people. It also can be archived, and uh, we find an, an exciting new way to do corporate and social networking, and something that I know at PRSA we're doing more and more of, educating our members more and more of, and seeing more and more of in their business and industries and not-for-profit and other organizations. Well, and, you know, podcasting, too, is it's a great way, you know, because you can communicate with all of your publics. You know, it's a great way to keep your, uh, it's a wonderful way for internal communications. It's a wonderful way to do product launches, to do press conferences, um, and, and a shameless plug for Webmaster Radio. Um, well, it's, but it's very true. If you look at the, this the world of media, the world of media and communications has shifted from a world of control to a world of community and conversation. Community and conversation can help us find the answers in what better way than podcasting because you can really hear people's voices. There's one thing to read a blog, but when you can hear the voices, it, it makes a huge difference. Well, you know, I'll tell you, it was very interesting. We actually had an article currently uh, that, that was published about us, and the, 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 the topic was what's so, what's so interesting about podcast and we can read blogs or we can read, read webmaster boards and they actually sent um i guess like 15 or 20 people out on planes trains the whole nine yards um and downloaded a bunch of different uh podcasts and what people found was first of all that we got the top five um podcast for search engine um optimization and, and search engine marketing yay webmaster radio um but the fact is when you're writing something you know, unless like, you know, what, what Alan was speaking about before, because you can be anonymous and it's one thing to be a, a keyboard warrior. But, you know, when when you have, you know, on Webmaster Radio, we have all experts. So like for the most part, everyone who's who's hosting a show on Webmaster Radio is the definitive um, expert in their arena. But when you're when you're talking and you're engaged, first of all, there's passion involved. And sometimes, you know, people will say things that they may not write because they're engaged in conversation and they're passionate about it, which gives you a better insight into how to uh, go forward yourself in this crazy in this crazy world. And then there's the no barrier to entry and that, you know, you can download it to your iPod. You can, you know, we've got some WMR junkies that are actually TiVoing us, which I'm not exactly sure how they do. So from a, um, you know, we're listening to it on online. There's so many different ways that you can approach it, but it's, it gives you 
voice, whether you you as a person or you as a company. And there's no way that anyone can um, dispel what you're saying because you're presenting it exactly the way you want. The one thing that I would, I would sort of, I don't know if it's a challenge or an agreement, but um, not to take anything away from podcasting. I That's think okay. Important, Are you challenging me, Alan? Thing. Are you challenging me? <laughs> I might be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, and I, I don't think I am. I, I'm not saying that podcasting, there's anything wrong with it. It's, it's great. It's a neat new technology, and not, maybe even not so new. Um, but to me, it's another arrow in the quiver. And I think, you know, as professionals that are trying to communicate a message, you have to use all the channels that are available to mm-hmm. us. Uh, some people are visual. You want to have them see something. Yes. Some are auditory. You yes. want to have them hear it. Some are kinesthetic. They want to be able to touch yes. it. And if you've got all those things, yes. you're going to get your message effectively communicated. If you just pick the, the sort of the hot thing du jour, you're going to miss lots of people. Uh, you know I what? think the key yes. is, is multiple media maximizes mm-hmm. messages. And that was true 50 years ago, 25 years ago, and it's true today. Um, yep. Each audience needs different ways sometimes that they prefer to be reached, and we've got to figure out what they are and deliver those messages in, in multiple medium. You know, first of all, I agree with both of you in regard to, and especially exactly, it's so funny, Alan, you say that exactly the way that I do, because everyone has a different way of absorbing information. So I, I agree with you um, 100%. And as far as, and, and Rhoda, you brought up a very good point, which is going to lead me to the next finding, which is, you know, first of all, we have this discussion many times on Cover Story, is, you know, being respectful of how you reach out. Um, to these, you know, to these various publishers or or, or journalists, etc. Um, but also, um, let's talk about the findings, the difference in findings between the students versus the professionals in creating personal one-on-one relationships. That's one of the things that was fascinating as well. Is that um, the, the the professionals absolutely saw. Um, the face-to-face and personal interactions being critical, whereas um, the students were very comfortable with the idea of building relationships online. Um, so, so that, I, I, I don't know. I, I think that's interesting. Um, I think as public relations professionals, uh, we have to look at online as one of the things that we use all the time. But the reality is, is that um, whether voice-to-voice or face-to-face, tends to, at least in my opinion, uh, get you a better relationship. So much like we were talking about before, um, I think if you can do all three, mm-hmm. or, or that's, that would be sort of nirvana because I think it gives you the best opportunity to develop a relationship, and that's ultimately the key. So if you just focus on one, I can't imagine that you would be successful um, as effective. Mm-hmm. But then again, I'm not a digital native, so I just might be a fuddy-duddy. Hey, okay, first of all, you're not a fuddy-duddy. Second of all, um, and I refuse to allow yourself to speak that way about yourself, um, but, but I agree. First of all, you need to, as Rhoda was saying, you need to cover all aspects um, available to you, period, the end. Like, you know, all of the, there are all of these new mediums um, available. Touch on all of them. But I think at the end of the day, and this is just my personal opinion, um, nothing replaces a relationship because there's something where you're bound once you make a personal connection with someone, you know, you're more, you're more likely to do something like I've met Rhoda, you know, and I, I consider Rhoda a friend and Rhoda was very genuine and actually helped me with something. And now because she, you know, um, 
I experienced her as not only someone who I respect as a professional, but I respect as a person. I am so much more apt to do almost anything for, I'm saying this on air, almost anything for Rhoda because of that personal connection that I have with her. And I, I would tend to think that I'm not the only person that reacts that way. And I also am not a digital, um, I don't want to date myself. I'm also not a digital native, but I do try to keep up with technologies. And I do have a lot of relationships that are predominantly online. Those I feel most close with are the people that I've developed a true one-on-one rapport. I think, and that's the whole basis of public relations. And thanks so much for saying that. Um, about me, I really appreciate it, and I feel the same way about Thank you, you, Brandy, is that it really, what is the definition of, of public relations or marketing? It really is about the sum total of impressions, experiences, and relationships people have with each other and with organizations. And whether it be traditional media or new media or the next media, those relationships will never go away. It, it's it's true. It's true. And, you know, I think that the next part of our conversation, which we'll have to save for next time, is this whole world of convergence, because I think that's really the tipping point for all of this. Um, but right now, unfortunately, I need to let the both of you go, which I do not want to do. Um, but I can tell you that there is a lovely webcast available uh, that goes over all of the findings that's hosted by both Alan and Rhoda. And you can go over to factiva.com forward slash PRSA survey, or you may also go over to PRSA.org, go into their media room and find that as well. Um, I want to say thank you to the both of you for contributing your time and your effort uh, to both the webcast as well as to our conversation here. It was fun. Thank, Thank you, you so much. And uh, I want to ask you to come back again because I don't like being rushed. And I think between um, the both of both of you, Information Man and, uh, and 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 my Rhoda, I think that we can shed a lot more light and really push a lot more information out in a way that um, will maximize and benefit everyone across the board. Look forward Thanks to it. Thank you so much. That sounds terrific. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us uh, for this very special edition of Cover Story. Have a great afternoon.